you're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. All right. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Geek Awakens Presents Artist Alley. I am joined once again by Wells Thompson and Dalton K. Shannon. How's it going, guys? Oh, it's it's great. So we, we're actually sitting beside each other, which is for going, once, which is going to either be the, the best interview or probably catastrophic, probably the worst interview. You know, I'm sorry you have to do this. Yeah. You know, it's 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 OK. And if it turns out to be the worst interview, then. It's still like it's like that, you know. Th- there's no such thing as bad press, right? We strive for greatness in all things, even our failures. Yeah, I mean, look at it this way: like, you can have the claim of worst podcast episode of all time. Like, that's that's something that's held only by like the greats, like The Room, worst film of all time. You're never going to get lower than that. You're always going to be in talks. That is true. That is true. So we're we're going to strive for something. <laughs> So one thing that is definitely great, uh, you guys have a uh, Kickstarter campaign just launched less than a week ago, right? Yeah, just a yeah. couple days ago. Cool. Uh, it is for issues three and four of Frankenstein the Unconquered. Uh, what's the elevator pitch for this? Frank. Uh, Frankenstein's monster falls from the ice 500 years in the future to discover a bombed out post-apocalypse as broken and hostile as he is. Thing Conan the Barbarian with Halloween monster. I was about to say that's a long elevator ride. Yeah, it's just Conan. <laughs> that's a very, it's a very reasonable elevator ride. I'll have you know. <laughs> yeah, you're only getting to like four, like seven or eight with that, so you're good. <laughs> so this, uh, this issue four, does this end the arc for Frankenstein the Unconquered, or is this just the beginning? Well, it's uh, certainly just the middle. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Issues three and four, this is, we're doing two at the same time, they come packaged together, but yeah, uh, the first arc ends with issue six, so this is, uh, this is sort of the middle chunk of the story that we're doing right now. Yeah, but they're, they're two of the more, I would say, unique chapters of the first arc. The first two issues are very, first issue is very much set up, second is, is a little more set up, introducing, uh, our our secondary protagonist and deuteragonist. Uh, there yeah. is an actual term for that. That's a ten dollar word. Um, yeah. But then, but then these are kind of like it, it's Franken situations that you wouldn't normally find Franken, which always gives us some of the best stories. Mm-hmm. Like you have Frank as captive or or Frank as detective. Uh, these little kind of side stories that. Uh, while not necessarily imperative to the main plot, uh, definitely advance some of our, our character stories mm. in a way that uh, gets them to a place that they can actually take on the the main plot. Uh, so they're they're fun. They're uh, they're different, and I, I I don't know. Issue four, I had a lot of fun writing because we weren't planning on it. Yeah, no, the the original draft for how we were going to break everything down was very very fast and uh, and to the point. And uh, much like Frank, yeah, and 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 as we sort of went through it, we realized, you know, it, this would just be better if if these characters had a little bit more time with each other, if we if we got to know them a little bit more, if if we were able to kind of organically develop this relationship and and this world just a little bit uh, more before we start to really get to the gut punch that is the end. So, 
So yeah, these are very important issues in that mm -hmm. regard. I think they, in terms of like building the heart of the series, this Absolutely. is really where it is. So kind of talk us through like, how did how did you get to the point where you're taking you know such a classic monster like Frankenstein's monster and pushing him like 500 years into the future? I thought it was cool. Like, <laughs> fair enough. Fair that enough. That is literally the genesis point of yeah. every idea that I've ever had. Is I, I get this cool image in my head of like Frankenstein with a broadsword, and I think the initial pitch was like cosmic Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. So he was in space with a broadsword, and uh, I was like, oh, what what? I can do Conan and, and Frankenstein's monster is Conan the Barbarian. That sounds, I, I could write that in my sleep. And then I did. And then we're like, oh, wait, this is so much more than just like an eight page short story. Yeah. This is a whole world and uh, we can really give it room to breathe and, and explore themes that are, are a lot more, they're better to explore than just the surface coolness oh, of for sure. a guy with a sword that just happens to be undead. Like it, it I don't know, th this world had too much to offer that was more than just the set dressing. For sure. For me, it was uh, the the feeling of there's no good uh, adaptation of Frankenstein. Like they all, they all take Sir. wild liberties with the source material. So why not just push that to its logical extreme? And, <laughs> And just, you know, go absolutely buck wild. Frankenstein that. Conquers the Martians is one of the greatest Frankenstein adaptations of all time, I'll have you know. I think I think you just made my case better than I did. <laughs> um, but just that idea of, like, you know, we... I, I remember in, in uh, like, 11th grade, we read Frankenstein and, you know, the, the high school thing of you you read the book and then you watch the movie. And the, uh, the high school... Or the, our teacher was like, there's really not a good like there's not a good movie adaptation so we're just gonna watch young frankenstein like we're just gonna do the parody because it's as equally correct as, as some of the others uh and i had a great time with it but yeah no it's it's a what we could do both by pushing it as far as possible and by trying to get to what is in my opinion the real core of the character in the original novel and sort of explore that uh very promising sort of uh, uh dynamic and yet there are points where we channel young Frankenstein. In oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, we do all. It's a love letter to all of it. It's yeah. not just Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. It's also the Universal Pictures and the horror, the Hammer Horror films. and the Hammer Films and Alvin and the Chipmunks and Abbott and Costello and and young Frankenstein. And, 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 and yeah, yeah, it's all of it. In, it's, including it's, Frankenstein Conquers the Martians. Of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> what do you go? Yeah. <laughs> So Frank isn't the only classic monster in this series. We also see the Wolfman and the Invisible Man. Uh, are there plans for other classic monsters to show up? Yes. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. If you can and think of them, classic monsters. Yeah, if you can think of them, they're in this book. Like, of course, you have the the Universal Slate, which is kind of how we structured the series more or less like each issue has its yeah own we wanted it to be a little bit episodic we wanted it to be kind of like a, feel yeah. like a creature feature where it's like oh what's he gonna fight next yeah. but then also hanging it around you know developing the story a little bit more and, and yeah. fleshing out the character and and yeah fleshing out the relationship between him and larry who is uh particularly after issue three uh not going anywhere yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, Although, if, if you've seen the uh, preview pages for issue three, you know that he's limbless and just being dragged around by Frank, and they get even more stuck together uh, mm -hmm. by the end of that uh, uh, issue. But um, 
but yeah, we wanted to uh, very much capture that and 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 sort of that that feeling of like every everyone is a complete story, but everyone contributes to the whole, mm-hmm. um, which is I think the the feel of a lot of the like early the Universal horror films that are like how many nine Frankenstein films, so oh, ridiculous yeah. amount. Yeah. And they all take off like from where the last one left off, but they're all unique and different and kind of their own story yeah. as well. And at some point you run out of Universal Monsters, so you have to start pulling from other studio, like other great cinematic monsters. Oh, like yeah. The Blob or, you know, There's Alien, one where, Predator. Uh, uh, or, I was going to say, I don't want to ruin anything. Well, no, no, that, 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 <laughs> like I was saying, cinematic monsters yeah. in that, like you could have freddy or or a jason style kind of like serial yeah. killer monster kind of show up it, it's not it's very much an homage to those universal characters but it's yeah. also just a love letter to cinematic horror in in general if we if we manage to get to the end of the of these two arcs that we have planned out uh there we definitely have some ideas kicking around for how we could take it further yeah. um that's assuming we don't <laughs> we we aren't sick of the the idea by by the time we get there, but I don't know how you could be. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly. the viewing. Uh, but yeah, so speaking of kind of like these classic movies, these you know cinematic universes and everything like that, uh, we're we're right at the beginning of spooky season, and this uh, this book definitely does fall into that category. So, what is your favorite movie to watch around Halloween? I probably watch the original Halloween every year. That's a good one. Uh, um, but I love I love the Evil Dead remake, uh, okay. like twenty twelve Evil Dead remake. That that is legitimately just a spooky ass movie. Um, Cabin in the Woods, one of my favorite mm-hmm. uh, sort of meta horror films of all time. Uh, Scream in that same vein, Scream. absolute classic, mm-hmm. and I it's it's such a good Halloween popcorn flick. Jeez. Um, yeah, there's so many good ones. I watch a lot. Alien. Of- I love yeah. Alien. I love the original Alien so yeah. much. I'm a huge cheeky horror kind of guy. Like I, if if horror starts getting too real, I'm out. So uh, <laughs> true. I've seen him do it. Yeah, I've seen him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get through Hereditary. So I I like to just stick to to my monsters. Uh, so yeah, Halloween. Um, I, I'll watch uh, like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Love that film. Mm, that's a great one. Um, I, I love the, uh, of course, Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Love that one. Of course. And, um, and then the Alvin and the Chipmunks meet Frankenstein and Wolfman films. Those are, th- those are cinematic masterpieces that have gone overlooked for, for generations, because even if it's Alvin and the Chipmunks, it's still Frankenstein. And That's like, true. it feels like Frankenstein and you should, it, Frankenstein more than Wolfman. I, I think Frank's the better film, but you should definitely... Oh, for sure. Should definitely check out. What's that your one. What's your favorite Treehouse of Horror? Uh, I don't know because I don't know all of the numbers, <laughs> but I do enjoy me some Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. I just couldn't. I could. I could not tell you what Treehouse of Horror Twelve has. I don't That's know. That's yeah. What about you? What's your favorite? Your favorite spooky season film? Is it Monster Squad? Do you hit Wolfman and the Nards? Wolfman's. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's that's a good question because like. I don't know, like, I, I am kind of more of the, like, so bad it's good, you know? Um, we, uh, so a couple of years ago for, for the podcast, we kind of reviewed House of Wax, and that was just god-awful, but I, you know what? I was here for it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I really don't know that I have one that I, like, habitually watch every year. 
Mm. Yeah, probably the only one I watch every year is probably Halloween. Yeah, that's probably about it. Everything else is like if I, especially the Universal month. Like there were a few years where like I would spend the entire month because there's probably about thirty of the core Universal monster films, and so I would watch those every year for a few years. But I, I can't, I can't keep that up every year. That's a lot of movies. You're getting old, man. <laughs> I don't have time for this anymore. Stupid being an adult and having responsibilities. Yeah, Sucks. I haven't played a video game in a year. <laughs> So the Kickstarter, uh, you've mentioned it's for two issues, uh, which is something that you also did with your latest campaign for uh, Mechaton. Uh, while I am sure that readers appreciate not having to wait quite as long between issues, uh, what is, like, tell us about some of the extra work that goes in behind the scenes, you know, to make something like that happen. Uh, well, it I mean, it requires an understanding from your creative team. They know they're going to be doing, you know, these two chunks uh all, all the same time uh which is really good for some people and, and for some people they need a lot of heads up um the the biggest burden is probably like financially on us just trying to get all of the uh covers prepped trying to reach ahead of time and, and get as many artists as we can on board with it because especially with frank you know uh we've been doing three covers per uh per issue so that means paying for six covers having those done and ready uh before uh before we can really get to anything started with promotion or anything um which is you know a big investment up front but this this is the the kind of book that has proven itself kind of uh viable in that way so uh so yeah i, I i'm i'm hoping it will bear out that it was all worth it and that, that we we can continue to to do it at this pace uh because it is you know it allows us to tell the story faster it allows people to get the, the uh, more story at once and just the nature of Kickstarter, you can only put out so many of these, you know, uh, at a time. Uh, well, that happens to do in, a whole in, upfront cost yeah, of the collection. In the space of a year, there's just mm -hmm. only so much you can do. And as much as we would love to have the sort of reputation and, uh, and, and resources to be able to say, here's our whole idea, you know, pay for it, we'll get it done, we'll send it out. Uh, right, we're still building up to that. So we, we have to do it in chunks. So you mentioned the creative team. Um, tell us a little bit about the rest of the creative team for Frankenstein the Unconquered. They're great. They're fantastic. <laughs> uh, I mean, we we still have uh, Nathan Kemp, who's been with us mm -hmm. since the beginning with Mechaton. Uh, he's... Standby letter. He's so good. He's uh, always inventive, always surprising us with the page. Uh, like on uh, these recent preview pages, uh, the... The onomatopoeia of the the crash yeah, across the the montage. Mister Hyde punches the page, and the the page shatters into uh, into like a dozen a different montage, panels. Yeah. Uh, and he hand drew this shattering you know, crack across the uh, across the thing that just looks so disorienting and cool, mm -hmm. uh, and just melds directly with the style. Always of surprising. Things. So yeah, big big shout outs to Nathan. Uh, Dahlia Maha does colors. Mm -hmm. uh, she's absolutely fantastic. Uh, our our new series artist is uh, Elizabeth McKenzie, which I, th I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> she's a Georgian artist, uh, absolute sweetheart, uh, one of the kindest people I've I've gotten the pleasure of working with, and uh, just a supremely talented artist. Uh, really has the kind of down and dirty, rough look of of Frankenstein down. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited to be working with her to, and see what she can she can do with the property and then if, uh i always 
Uh, for, for Frankenstein in particular, it's always worth mentioning uh, uh, Heather Vaughn does our uh, covers. Our main A our, covers. Yeah, the main A covers are all Heather Vaughn, and, and she Brenda. knocks it out of the park. And then, yeah, I always have to bring up Brenda Snell, who designs the books and the Kickstarter pages. The reason they look pretty and, <laughs> and like, everything is, like, super well laid out and flows really well, that's Brenda. So, highly, yeah, can't, can't speak more highly of, of the uh, creative team. And, and everything that they yeah. bring to the table. They, they make us look very good. Mm. So let's talk about some of the uh, reward tiers that you have for the Kickstarter. Let's. Okay, yeah. Uh, we have... I mean, we oh, have, I thought, okay, we have to do that. Okay. Yeah, I thought you yeah. were going to like, tell us about it. No, 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 this is an interview. <laughs> we, we, yeah. we do the talking. We always um, do... Uh, we always want everyone to, to have as much access to it as possible, so we include the digital uh with every uh tier there's the the standalone digital tier where you get both issues um and that's all you get is the pdf we but with every other tier with every physical tier you also get the digital mm -hmm. in case something happens to it in case you want to you know read it as soon as it's available and and not wait to get your physical copy uh we always provide that for people just for a little bit of extra added value there um we have three different uh, variant covers. The A covers from Heather Vaughn. The B covers are uh, Fernando Pinto and Kara Husset, mm -hmm. uh, who's uh, who does the Sparrow. Uh, she's fantastic. Um, and Fernando does our Fernando other did, book Mechaton. Yeah, Fernando does Mechaton. A little cross crossover there. Yeah, he has to do a Mechaton cover now. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, he has this really cartoony style, and it worked kind of freakishly well. For, for doing Frank, it made us uh, ask, you know, what would this series look like if, if uh, we Fernando do a, had done it? We do Frankenstein as a Saturday morning cartoon, and Fernando would be great for it. Be so good. <laughs> uh, and, a Saturday morning cartoon. We can do Frank. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We could. I'm, I'm here for um, it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. And then, uh, then for Frankenstein and the Unconquered, we have uh, the Not Safe for Work tier. Uh, you know, tasteful smut, always, always nice to have. Um, and so, yeah, we have uh, one, or issue three is uh, Chris Sheehan, and he is doing a uh, piece with uh, Lord Byron and uh, Dr. Jekyll, who are uh, the chief antagonists in issue three. Uh, and uh, Flops comes back to do issue four. Uh, he does a really lovely piece with the Bride of Frankenstein and the Invisible Woman, uh, which there's nothing... He might be an Invisible Woman. We don't know. <laughs> uh, well, I've seen the Invisible Woman film. Uh, I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant our Invisible Man. Our Could be an Invisible Man. You, know, you never, you never Jack, know. Jack has never told us his pronouns, so like Jack could be whatever he wants to be. He's yeah. invisible. Yeah. Then we know there's an Invisible Village, so there's definitely an Invisible Woman somewhere. Yeah, Jack has mentioned their wife. So oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, those are fantastic pieces, and uh, for for you smug collectors out there, I definitely recommend them. They are fantastic, uh, really really well put together. Uh, the number four, especially, or I mean, number three is like beautifully painted and just like stands alone as a mm -hmm. beautiful piece. Number four is put together like an old school X ray specs ad, and I love it so much. It's it's so corny and cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, we have the foil uh, covers as well, mm -hmm. which we always do um, for the first time. We have four covers for each. Yeah, issue. so yeah. technically it's four covers. Uh, this is the first time we're allowing people to go back and buy uh, issues one and two uh, with foil as well. So 
maybe that'll take i don't know but i i wanted to offer it to people to see how it went um we have yeah, ketchup, tier. ketchup tiers. Uh, we we have a tier that we put all of the add-ons into, and we dis like when if you get that, if the whole of it is discounted twenty five percent off of the individual pricing. So just to encourage people to get more and uh, and you know get as much as they want. Um, and of course, and, there's the adopt a page, and we have the adopt a page. Bringing that back, yeah. So for the price of constructing a page of making of paying a page the of artist course, for a page, uh, you get to adopt. Uh, a page uh, and by adopting that page you get uh, your name at the bottom of it saying that it's yours mm -hmm. uh, and at the front of the book I believe you get well. at the front as well and you and, get an 11 by 17 mm -hmm. print of the page unique one-of-a-kind print of that page sent directly to you so you know yeah. we, we can't give you the physical page because the physical page doesn't exist but we can give you mm -hmm. a one-of-a-kind print of your page and you actually helped fund that page coming to life yeah with your pledge so it's it, it's yours through and through and it's it's a great way to get back to our readers yeah for sure since we can't do original art everything is digital mm -hmm. so that was sort of our idea behind that but um other than that yeah there's catch-up tiers digital and physical and collectors catch-up and uh and on a lot of add-ons we've got posters we've got stickers we've got got an enamel, an enamel pin for yeah. the first time an enamel pin we're yeah. trying that out uh people love those things little wolf head yeah mm -hmm. it's great uh and uh, and a trading card, and we have a bunch of our other books as well. So if you want to get TTR anthologies, and, oh, and we yeah, I forgot we have the the tabletop RPG that we developed with uh, uh, Jacob Fleming. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a really cool uh, one shot, like for three to five players uh, that has you exploring the wasteland looking for Frankenstein. I think it works uh, with like what D and D or Pathfinder. Which one? Um, Pathfinder it's... version. Three, five, I forget. It says so on the thing. I, I think it's mutant worlds or something like that. Okay. I, I forget the, the thing. But there's there's instructions in the uh in the pamphlet that tell you like what rule system it is and how and, and where to find it, where to find the update, the latest version. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you're really into tabletop RPGs, there's something out there for you as well. Nice. That's awesome. Um yeah, kind of going back to that enamel pin, I saw it when I was scrolling through this Kickstarter and I was like, yeah, that's pretty badass. <laughs> we are going to do one for the bride in the last campaign. Yeah, that was gonna be a stretch goal, but yeah. we didn't quite we didn't, get there. Almost, but we didn't quite get there. Yeah. So we thought we you know what, let's just go out the gate with an enamel pin yeah. and see, see how people like, like it. it. Yeah. So kind of speaking of stretch goals, that kind of leads me into my next question. Uh you guys are, like we said, we're about three days into it. You're a little over 50% funded. So assuming you get fully funded, can you tease any stretch goals that you have planned? Uh, well, yeah. all of our all of our uh, previous issues have had uh, back matter, mm -hmm. have had uh, uh, short stories in the vein of like the old Conan books. Uh, and that's definitely something we want to bring back. Um, we've been told always the first tier of stretch goals is for the, sure. Uh, the first yeah, we, because we really want those to happen. So as, as soon as we can get those out, we mm -hmm. do. Um, I have been talking with some other Frankenstein related, uh, Kickstarters and we're thinking about doing something together. Uh, no spoilers yet because we mm -hmm. want to hammer out the details before we wheel it out, but that, that could be a stretch goal. Um, and yeah, we probably uh, one of our one or both of our not safe for work covers uh, will become available as a print if we get enough funding for it. Mm -hmm. If there's a, there's substantial interest in it, so oh, and of course uh, we have the uh, old uh, uh, ash cans that we originally started it uh, with. So if you want to see, oh yeah, yeah, I go agree. ahead and grab those. 
Uh, if you want to see sort of the origins of Frankenstein and and how we originally yeah, the original it, last chance yeah, of Frankenstein, those we uh, we put out as a stretch goal as well as just like a free hey here's a here's a point of comparison for you. Yeah, you get to see my art compared to to Ellie's, and uh, you get to laugh. Yeah, <laughs> and this the third one is uh, the one with the Invisible Man too, and the Just, Phantom of the and Opera. The fans, yeah, yeah. We, we've definitely changed things up since the Yash Camp for sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I I love the idea of the Phantom of the Opera though. That's fantastic. Oh yeah, I know here. He's gonna come back. Don't worry. That's too strong of a, of a concept. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. As indie comic creators, what would you say is the best indie comic that you've read in the last few years? Oh, shit. Best indie book. Jeez. Um, so, Do a Powerbomb is probably objectively the best. Do a power. I mean, okay, if we're talking the last few years, I liked Murder Falcon a little more than Powerbomb. Sure, but I mean, but, but we can agree it's Daniel Warren. It's Daniel Johnson. Warren Johnson. But at that point, are we really talking indie books? Okay, well, that's a philosophical argument I am not here to fucking... Because uh, that guy's also done uh, a great Wonder Woman book, a great Beta Ray Bill book. Yeah, but those are... Now he's about to launch Transformers, <laughs> but, like, like Daniel Warren Johnson is, like, top of the indie world right now. Uh, uh, for sure. So I, I think either of those books count. Yeah, Murder um, Falcon moved me to tears, and Powerbomb was really close. I was in tears at the end of Powerbomb. Um... Kaylin Smith has a book called, uh, has two books, Plume and For Goodness Sake, and they are both some of the most frustratingly well put together books I've seen in a while. Um, Basically anything Bellhound does. Bellhound is great. So yeah, uh, she's done a couple of covers for us as well, Mm -hmm. but, uh, and we love you and, and uh, Commander Commander Rao both are fantastic. Um, Coffin Bound remains one of my favorite books ever that I've ever read. It's just fucking amazing. Um, and I don't know. I, there's so much that I've read that I've been super impressed by. Um, Love Sick made me physically queasy. Uh, and I, I cannot cannot help but commit to that. Um, I mean, I personally like Mechaton. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard good things about that last one. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, you know what? I I am looking forward to the cat skin and a rose. I'll say that. That's my book. That's my soul. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. Indie space is so. Oh, cool. you know. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna pure indie, like un- unimpeachably indie. I'm gonna give it to Side Quest by Grant Stoy. Mm. It was the Kickstarter book that I read that made me believe that like not only do is this a good space for me to to explore you know publication but also i was just like this is this is one of the best comics i've ever read <laughs> it's legitimately touching it's it's so good uh and it's coming out through scout right now i think it's on issue three uh in on scout uh so yeah definitely check that one out if you get the chance awesome so wells you're also on Kofi, am I? I'm not for sure if I'm pronouncing that right. So, what is this classroom platform for people who don't know? Uh, coffee. It, the idea behind coffee is that uh, it's a place where, you, if you like a creator, you can buy them a cup of coffee. You know, not, they, yeah, it's, it's it's an online tip jar that also somewhat functions as a storefront. Uh, and so, I have a couple of comics on there that you can buy uh, through there. But it's also a place that you can come and message and send me a message and maybe a couple bucks if you feel like it. Uh, 
yeah, that's it's it's a very non-committal kind of space. Uh, I'm not on there every day, like pumping, you know, or trying to get people to, to send me money or anything. But it's an option for people out there if they want to support, uh, you know, indie creators in that way. So the money that you get from that, do you specifically have to buy coffee with that? Yes. <laughs> no. Rest assured that I will, because that is more or less how I function. Uh, it's the spirit of the law. <laughs> terms of like how i how i am able to work effectively and like and sit down and create you know and, and write a bunch of stories and edit and it, it almost always takes place in a coffee shop uh with a with a uh, specifically uh owned by a, a very old dominican woman uh, mm -hmm. who makes a really wonderful uh cinnamon dolce latte love it love it so um what what's coming up next do you guys have any upcoming projects they can tell us about Nope, we're retired after this. No, if only. <laughs> no, we have too much. It's so much going we on. Um, we're coming so, immediately after this. Yeah, the, the, ne the next thing oh, yeah. is we're, yeah, we're relaunching Depths. We want to make that happen. Um, that's that's sort of been our baby for as long as we've been working together. Uh, it's a, uh, if, if you're not familiar, it's a uh, graphic novel about a guy who gets trapped underwater for five years. Uh, in this uh, perpetual diving suit that he's created. Um, it's very it's about grief and it's about uh, depression and and finding the light at the end of the tunnel and and, and trying tentacles. to and and tentacles uh, and a, and a giant squid. Um, it's yeah, it's still got that fantastical element to it, but it's it's a very personal story for us. So it's definitely one that we're excited about telling. Uh, that will be coming to Zoop mm -hmm. uh, sometime in October. Uh, probably toward the end of October. Uh, and then after that, we're taking uh, the rest of the year taking off. The we're taking the holidays off uh, and we'll be coming back next year with some combination of Frankenstein, Mechaton, and probably another property that we're mm -hmm. uh, baking up right now that is wildly different. <laughs> so last time you were on the podcast, you talked about possibly being at Arkansas Comic-Con and then Madison Comic-Con. Uh, any new ones that might be coming up? Um, well, we're not going to Arkansas Comic Con no. because that's currently happening. Yeah. Um, we are, so we, we both have been going through a lot in terms of moving and we haven't had a lot of time to dedicate to uh, uh, the nature of, uh, of Comic Cons is that you have to plan them very far out in mm -hmm. advance. Uh, but we have a couple that we're going to one in, uh, Indiana, one in Madison, um, or Wisconsin, uh, towards the end of the year. You, I think you're going to SpaCon later in Hot Springs, right? Or uh, not one yet. What's the date? Uh, I still have time to sign up if I want to. Yeah, uh, we'll see. It, so we might be in Hot Springs. Yeah, it's uh, very much uh, this in this last half of the year is is yeah. very much a, a winding down for the the year in terms of cons, and then we're sure. going to be hitting the ground running uh, next year. Next we year. want to do. We've already put in for quite a few. We've we've we, we're trying to get into a bunch of different cons, Northwest Arkansas uh c2e2 uh we want to uh, i want to go to baltimore next year i would like to go to new york next year but we'll see uh we'll, we'll you know we'll see we'll see how it lands um go to heroes con well we're not getting into heroes con so you're not getting into new york that's not true i know a bunch of people who've gotten into new york. there are there are people our level who've gotten to new york um so yeah, they, they, we're definitely going to be a bunch of places next year. Uh, how many? I, I'm not entirely sure. I would love to go as many places as I can. I'd love to go to St. Louis. I'd love to go to Mississippi. I'd love to go to Little Rock. 
you you will never catch me saying I, I would love to go to Mississippi except in this context. I want you to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> but like, there's a bunch of places that we really want to go. It's just going to be a matter of uh, you know how many uh, let us go there. So nice. Which, yeah. And if they don't let us, we'll kick the door in and demand. Well, We'll definitely. I'll tell you uh, next uh, uh, next uh, free comic book day. I am going to be at a comic shop in in Chicago because that was one of the wildest days I've ever had oh, in my comic, comic shop career. That was fantastic. So how? So what happened? Oh, I, I very last minute uh, found a local shop that was that was excited to have me. It seemed like it was going to be low key, and then. At 11 o'clock, uh, a line of people wrapped around the corner, busted in, and uh, and I didn't st- I didn't stop selling books all day long. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was easy. It was the best sales day I've ever had. Yeah, we to comics. We both were. Who knew when you set up at a comic shop, people buy comics? Like, because when you're at a comic con, you never know people want to buy comics. But a, when we comic shop, up, people want to buy. When comics. we set up the comic shops on Free Comic Book Day, people are clamoring for it. It's mm-hmm. great. Nice. So, uh, go ahead and tell us how people can find you online. Uh, well, you, you can't can find him you anywhere. You can't find me online. He uh, doesn't exist. It's, it's bad for my mental health. So, yeah. uh, I have a website that is under construction, probably going to relaunch sometime next year. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my Twitter bio has a link to our newsletter that we do. That's the best place to keep up with us. Since yeah, everything is crumbling. It's fantastic uh, it is, for us. Yes. Uh, comics, Captain Cocktails. You can look it up under my name, uh, Wells Thompson. Uh, yeah, we, we host a, uh, a monthly uh, newsletter that is a big chunk of it is, is monthly. That's the official one. And then you get little updates throughout the month of, hey, here's what we're working on. Here's a cool piece of art we just found or we just got in. Uh, you know, here's some really cool stuff to look at. Um, other than that, for the very limited time being, I am on Twitter at Wellstomp. I probably I won't be there for very long. Uh, I'm going. I'm I'm gonna have to go back to Facebook because that's the only pla- other place that people are. Uh, threads, man. Wells Thompson. I threads doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I am on Blue Sky as well at Wellstomp. Um, Ko-Fi again. You can find me at. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, my I have a website wellsthompson.com. You can contact me for. Uh, for collaboration, for editing work, I am an editor. I am a freelance editor as well as writer. Uh, and you can find links to all my books there. So, absolutely. Awesome. So, one more time, give us the details on Frankenstein the Unconquered and the Kickstarter for it. Frankenstein the Unconquered is an action horror uh, comedy. No, <laughs> it's, it's an at some, point, at some points. It's an action horror comic uh, about uh, um, a five hundred year old man. Uh, that just can't leave well enough alone and has to get revenge on everything in sight. Uh, With a sword. It's bloody, and it's it's over the top, and it is awesome, and it is terrifying, and uh, there's nothing else like it. So you yeah. should you should and go pick up uh, a copy. Kickstarter's running until October 5th, right? Yes. Yes. Until October 5th, the Kickstarter is, is running, and... Uh, go get your goodies. Yeah. Please do. <laughs> Love it. Wells Thompson, Dalton K. Shannon, thanks again for taking the time, and best of luck with the Kickstarter. Thanks for having us again. It was great. Yeah, appreciate being here.
That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone. <laughs>